you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. Welcome to another edition of Tapeheads Draft Season. Bob Oshusen, longtime radio voice of the New York Jets, also a college football broadcaster for ESPN. And Greg Cosell, for 40-plus years, has been breaking down the All-22 at NFL Films, not only prepping NFL matchups game-by-game game throughout the season, but also in the quote-unquote off-season. What are we talking about? There is no such thing <laughs> as an off-season now in the world of football. But in the off-season, Greg breaks down the All-22 of the college football prospects Hence, Tapehead's draft season as we get you set for the NFL draft. We've been bringing on different guests. We've had some coaches, had some scouts. Now we're going to go to a guy that has lived this life as a big-time college football player, a first-round draft choice, played in the NFL, and now you can hear him every day on the morning juice, 6 to 9 a.m., 97.1, the fan in Columbus. And that, of course, is Ohio State legend Bobby Carpenter joining us here with Greg Cosell and Bob Wachusa. Bobby, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, guys. I mean, the NFL never stops. They've, they've found a way to now fully monopolize it into a 12-month-a-year <laughs> season. And, you know, the free agency, I think, proved that despite the fact that March Madness and everything else was going on, you get you get the announcement of Tom Brady returning or, you know, huge quarterback trades and movement. I mean, that's going to usurp any other news for the day. Yep, and we will definitely get to those storylines with you because you're right. They're, the, the way that the quarterback market has flipped around in this offseason might even tell you something about what the NFL thinks of the quarterback market in this draft. But can you just kind of take us through what these kids are going through? Because you lived this, right? You played at one of, if not arguably, the biggest college football program there is. You were then obviously a guy that had to go through the whole draft process, maybe how much it's changed compared to what these guys are going through. But right now I am a college football player getting ready to go be a pro pick in the first round. What are these kids going through? Well, I mean, a little bit depends on kind of where you're at, whether you're kind of a day one, day two, day three guy. And there's a little bit of blending that goes on, obviously, between those. But, you know, I was talking to you know Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio State's practice on Tuesday. And you know, those guys, like now it's visit season. Like it starts off, you have – your bowl games, your, your all-star games, and you have the combine, you know, and then you're, you're trying to get healthy for your pro day. 
and then you start having workouts. And now it's like, hey, where, what teams are bringing you in? Who who wants to sit down and get in front of you? And you know, maybe they take a little medical look at you while you're there, but it really bring you in to kind of you know, tour you through a facility. Like they almost treat it a little bit like a recruiting visit, even though it's it's not your choice at all as a player. But those guys, you, you schedule all those up, and then there are some teams that may want to come in. And depending on you know where you're at and where you think you're ultimately get drafted, you know, going through the process of hey, there's uh, there's some teams that want to work out, and those workouts are done you know, a lot of times by position coaches, coordinators, maybe a scout, you know, someone like that. And those uh, those can get a little rough because depending on how many people are there and what they tell you, like I always joke, one of my uh, one of mine was with uh, Dallas and Paul Pascaloni worked me out for about an hour and fifteen minutes by myself. I, mean, I was completely gassed at the end, and the last <laughs> thing you want to do as a player is say no mas. Like, I can't handle it, but there's no one out there to save you, no one out there to stop it, and they're just going to drive you into the ground. Well, you know, it's funny. Obviously, you, you're you very familiar, obviously, as a player and, and obviously being in Columbus with Ohio State. You know, there's always a lot of talk about the nature of that offense and how it translates to the NFL with not only the quarterback, and they'll have one coming out next year, obviously, but also I would think with the receivers and j- just what they do in the pass game. How do you think that that factors in? Because obviously they have two receivers coming out this year um, in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who are, I would assume, from everything you hear, and I've obviously done both guys in detail, they're going to be first-round picks, probably Wilson before Olave. How do you sort of look at what they do offensively and think about in terms of what's demanded in the NFL? Well, they ask their guys to do you know a lot of different stuff, and they've moved – you know, especially Wilson, you know, inside and outside. Uh, they ask him to block. These guys play special teams. And so it's not just line up. And we, we see now, you know, just how homogenized college football is. And it's all right, everybody gets in three or four wide receivers. It's kind of fixed formations for the most part. You know, some of the stuff they do, the motioning, the flipping guys inside and outside. And then the the convertible routes based upon coverages. And that's something you see a lot in the NFL that, you know, if you're in a single high or two high man versus zone, whether you push your route all the way through, whether you set it down. And so understanding those concepts and how they all work, how that's going to work, obviously, within the confines of your offense and your passing game. But really the, the biggest attribute for the receivers coming in is their, is their skill on their releases and their route running. And uh, talking with Sean Jefferson, who was uh, the wide receiver coach for the Cards about this, and he's like, Yo, all your guys are so good. And it's like, you know, we've got Heartline here. He goes, man, he, he prepares the heck out of them. Like, they do a great job with their routes, you know, they drive, they drive to their point. They don't short step when they don't need to. They do a great job with their stems, moving guys off the spot. Like all of these little things that people think playing receivers, just running fast and catching the ball. Like there's a lot of guys that can run fast. There's a lot of guys that can catch a football, but it's the ability to create that separation against the really talented defensive backs. And especially at the next level where those guys are going to be able to read and feel your body movement and they're going to basically know your route sometimes before you even know it. But Brian's job of teaching those guys has been absolutely phenomenal. He's only going to continue to do this as he's been here, developing these guys. And as good as those two are, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., you watch them and you're like, wow, they're not that far off and they've got a whole other season to go. So it's been pretty exciting to kind of watch those guys develop and watch them understand you know, NFL route concepts, but also – the technical skill and expertise that they possess at their position. Well, you know, one thing, I'm just to jump in on what you said, that you hit on something that I think is so, so important, which maybe a lot of fans don't realize. 
is you have to get, particularly an off-coverage corner, Bobby, you have to get him off his spot. You have to make him turn his body one way or the other. You've got to make him move his feet. And I don't think people think about it in that way because if that's the way it's taught. You've got to get him to move because if he's just standing there and, and you're not you're not breaking down the cushion or you're not forcing him to move, then he's, he's just playing you very easily. So you've got to get him off his spot. Well, and that's so that's what Brian like, and that's what they teach these guys, understanding the coverage you're looking at. And like you said, if you're playing off, you're playing press, is it too high, is it single high? But knowing like where's your leverage, where is where is your point of protection? Because you're gonna have help somewhere. And so that's why you'll kind of funnel the receiver potentially to that guy unless it's just a pure, you know, pure man. But a lot of times it's like, hey, what are you trying to eliminate? Do I work you outside? Do I press you? Do I get you to open your hips? Do you take that that step to protect where you know that you can't let me get. And then all of a sudden I've created all this space and separation. And so that's what he teaches these guys. You watch them run right down the belly. They understand exactly where they've got to get to, to have either open their hips deep, open them inside or outside. And then all of a sudden now I've got you right where I want you. And I can begin to work away from your leverage and try to create that space. You know, Bobby, you talk about the corners and the wide receivers. You know, we spent a lot of time on Tuesday talking just about how football has changed from college to the pros from the days you played. I mean, you were that, you know, kind of prototypical Big Ten linebacker. And back in those days, that's what you wanted. You wanted to go tackle that prototypical Big Ten running back. And, you know, the NFL has now evolved to much more of spread and the RPOs and the zone reads and the little running backs that catch, you know, eight or ten balls a game sometimes. So, how do you think the process of getting set for the draft for these teams, the kinds of football players that the NFL is now looking for everywhere, you know, at the skill position players on offense, the quarterbacks, you know, the, the pass rushers or the DBs, how has it changed now that there's so much kind of college football DNA baked into the NFL? Well, Bill Parcells, you know, famously, you know, he would always say you could only draft and bring in the players the college game produces. Right. And so, You've looked at how this has changed. I mean, yeah, you still have the Wisconsin's, the Illinois, the Iowa's. There's some schools, you know, Stanford does it, Oregon to a certain degree. You know, they want to line up and kind of run the football. But, you know, the days of like the 250-pound linebacker, I mean, th those are done unless it's a guy who, you know, has elite athleticism. And so now it's, hey, how does this guy match up against running backs in the passing game? Does he have the height? to be able to, to stick with tight ends. And you look at this now, I mean, the tight ends aren't, you know, big stiff guys that are blockers. You, you have that guy usually on your roster. That's more of your physical, you know, inline blocking tight end. But a lot of these tight ends, they're six, four, six, five, six, six, former basketball players. They have great athleticism. They're un do an unbelievable job at high pointing the football. And so you used to be able to kind of get away as being a shorter linebacker, but now teams will find a way to isolate you in coverage. And if you're under six, one, and don't have that length, it's a really tough order to cover, you know, the Kelsey's, the Kittles, guys like that who are going to test you and stretch you down the middle of the field. And, you know, I love Nicobe Dean, and he's very instinctive. He can do a lot of different things. But I just worry about guys that, like, if you're hovering right around six foot and you get that six six tight end, I, I know when I would play Gonzalez and Gates and these guys, like, I'm 6'3", and I would have some anxiety. I'm not trying to get into a high point with them and get dunked on down the field. I can't imagine if you're like 5'11", 6'1", to be in that same situation. So it's, can you do that? Yeah, obviously, fitting the run and being able to, to be that guy is key. But can you match up with these guys in space because they've turned it into such a matchup game? 
Yeah, it is fascinating. And, you know, there are some guys that we want to ask you about as well. To this point, there are some specific prospects that I know. And, you you know, you touched on those wide receivers that you've gotten certainly an up-close and personal look at that play their college football in Columbus. But right down the road, Cincinnati is going to put a bunch of guys in the NFL. I know you called a couple of their games as well this year. So Bobby Carpenter, longtime Ohio State linebacker, NFL linebacker, and one of the sports radio voices in Morning Drive on 97.1, the fan in Columbus. We're going to come back and continue our discussion with him on Tapehead's Draft Season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Bob Wachusen, Greg Cosell, back here on Tapehead's draft season, joined by Ohio State legend, NFL linebacker, and morning drive hosts in Columbus on 97.1 The Fan, Bobby Carpenter. And, Greg, we were just talking about how there is this evolution of football, right, from college to the pros, but also now college football DNA in the pros and how it changes the world of some of the positions we traditionally associated with a certain body type, right? and, and that has definitely changed. No question. And, and Bobby, you were talking about those smaller linebackers. You mentioned Kobe Dean. There was that concern last year with Nick Bolton coming out of Missouri, who ended up playing a lot for the Chiefs in their sub-defenses. But there's a player I want to ask you about that I'm very curious what you think. You said you did a couple of Cincinnati games, and I'm sure you're familiar with the player anyway. And that's Darian Beavers, because he's 6'4", 240 pounds. And I think the sort of the initial reaction is, well, he doesn't fit today's NFL because he's certainly not a sudden explosive athlete. He's not that guy. What's your sense of him as he, as he tries to, you know, transition and project to the NFL? Well, and he's one of these guys who you know, he transferred in from UConn, the fifth year grad transfer. He's, he's a talented guy, maybe not the most gifted athlete in the world, 
know, but it, it's amazing, man. We sit here and we look at all these, you know, these numbers and stats and watch guys run. And those things, they matter and they're applicable, but you know, there is still the element. You got to go out there and play football. And there's a number of guys who I would play with who, you know, their instincts and their understanding of the game would supersede athleticism to other guys. And watching Beavers, you know, all the football he has played, it pays off. And you can see him out there and, you know, maybe he doesn't necessarily have that raw athleticism to make up for some of those mistakes, but he very rarely puts himself, you know, in compromising positions. Then you always kind of find him around the football. And I know he's been coached incredibly well by Luke Fickle and what they're doing down there in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've watched his tape and, you know, the point that I made, just because I take notes on all these guys, as you probably know, the point I made was that it doesn't appear that he'll project and transition well, but you really have to watch a lot of him to get a feel and a complete picture of his game. And I actually think he's a pretty intriguing prospect. He's, he's, I think he's a little more athletic than some people might give him credit for. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Right? So you see all that, and there, there, there's obviously deficiencies, but you know, very few people are built as a perfect player. A lot of it is, hey, you have these deficiencies. How can you hide them? And you do you know what your weaknesses are and have that level of self-awareness. And, you know, it, it's really tough with a guy like that because if you draft him and he doesn't get it done, you're like, well, we shouldn't take him. He wasn't a good enough athlete to play here. But then if you don't, and then you go watch him play somewhere else and you watch him like, well, the guy doesn't really have any of the attributes or a lot of them that we're looking for. But he seems to go out there and get it done. And I think Beaver's may possess those kind of raw intangibles. All right, let's get to a couple of the uh, the Ohio State guys and also yep. the Cincinnati guys, specifically those two wide receivers. You know, you mentioned Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. They're different kinds of players, obviously, right? Like Garrett Wilson thought of more as the take-the-top-off-the-defense explosive guy. Olave maybe a little bit more of the polished route runner pro receiver who does everything really well. Um, I've seen I'm, – I'm a Jets guy – I have seen in some of these mock drafts, people think that the Jets might jump on Garrett Wilson with the fourth pick in the draft, that he he could be that highly thought of. Do you think that these two players, Bobby, are at both worthy of maybe being in the top 10? Or, or could they be that productive in the pros? Well, the thing is, there's probably not going to be a lot of quarterbacks to go high, so you have to take somebody somewhere. Garrett Wilson's a great player. He does a great job contested ball catcher. He can get good separation. He adjusted really well in the air. And he's going to be a guy who's really a big-time player for Nalave, very polished route runner, very smooth operator in his routes. He looks like they're effortless. So it wouldn't surprise me if both of those guys go pretty high. I, I, for life of me, I can't really sit here and embrace a receiver in the top five unless it's like I played with Calvin Johnson. That dude's like a different animal. But, you know, I mean, you have to take somebody. And if you need a receiver, I mean, I think those guys check the box. It seems kind of high, you know, for Garrett. But it it wouldn't shock me to see a guy go up there. It's interesting you say that because I've done a lobby. I've actually looked at his tape in each of the last three years because I kept thinking he was going to come out. So I, I kept watching his tape, and he obviously kept coming back. He strikes me, Bobby, and I'm curious your opinion is more of a compliment. Like, I think Alave is an outside receiver who needs room and space. Like, I don't think when it's third and nine, he doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to make those tough catches in traffic. You know, I don't, I don't think there's really that physical dimension to his game. I think, like you said, he's a very smooth operator who could work really well. Like, you know, we're not doing mock drafts here, but I think to myself, if he went to Tennessee where they've got an alpha dog like A.J. Brown, that would really be a good fit for him. But I don't think he's quite the alpha dog the way that Wilson could be. 
you know, personality wise, yeah, Chris is a little more quiet and laid back. It was, he's very competitive, but you know, and he'll get after it, but he's not that demonstrative personality, obviously. So where I think he will do really well in West Coast offenses. When you're talking vertical routes or you can use stem and use speed, you know, the seven, eight, nine, the slants, some stops, maybe a little bit of comeback or something like that. That I think will obviously be pretty good for him. But I think he's an, you know, an elite like 1B guy. If you have a really strong physical possession guy like you mentioned, that's who I think he plays well against. Yep. But I, I don't know if he's a guy, like you said, that will be able to run through double coverage, be able to run through all those presses and be a guy who can dominate even if you're trying to take him away. There's a few more Buckeyes, I think, maybe in the later rounds that we should keep our eyes on. you got a couple of tackles in Petit Frere or Mumford or you know Jeremy Ruckert at tight end. Like Which guys, if I'm watching the draft and I see my team go after a Buckeye or two, should I be most excited about? Obviously, the two wide receivers are the headline getters, but, uh, but obviously there will be some other Ohio State players taken in this draft. There will be. I think Ruckert's a guy who's going to be underdrafted just because he's been hurt. They haven't had a chance to look at him. He's a really good athlete. He's a really good route runner. And he developed as a blocker at Ohio State. And so someone's going to be really happy when they draft him because he's going to fall down the board. And all of a sudden, you're going to realize, like, hey, we got ourselves a starting tight end way lower than what we probably would have anticipated. Interesting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, the note I made on record is that I think that he's he's really talented as a route runner and as a receiver. Just wasn't really used that way at, at Ohio State. But I think he's – I couldn't agree more about that. I think he's the kind of guy – you could see him in the NFL all of a sudden be a guy that catches 70, 75 balls as a tight end. Absolutely. And that's you're going to see that because – you know, in Ohio State, they haven't really utilized the tight end position that much. I thought they would utilize him a little more, but he was a big-time five-star guy. He looks really good running routes, and he can catch the ball well. They just didn't really throw it to him much, and those are the guys that are usually very undervalued when it starts coming to, you know, combine prep and everything like that. And I know you spent some time not only watching Cincinnati this year, as the rest of us did, but even calling a few of their games. How about just a couple of quick thumbnails of Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, I mean, the guys that we know are going to be taken off that Cincinnati team. You know, I think Des, obviously, he checks a lot of the boxes. He's got some deep ball accuracy stuff that he's continued to work on that is going to continue to obviously be developed and need to be developed at you know, the, the next level. I don't know if I, I've seen a, an elite quarterback in this draft that's ready to go, so he's probably got as good a shot as anyone. And then I've, I've talked to a number of scouts and front office execs that those people have said that they thought Sauce Gardner was the best player in this draft regardless of position. So... I mean, the guy's highly competitive. He's got all the physical attributes you're looking for. So I, I don't think you could go wrong if you need a corner. The guy, Bobby, I really like from their defense is Brian Cook, and I don't know where he'll go in the draft. But I think he's, you know, he's not, to me, he's not being talked about enough, and I think the tape speaks for itself. Absolutely. And, you know, they do a good job coaching those guys up front, man. They're big physical dudes, and they really develop them at a high level. they got a great strength program, which is about half the battle when you start talking about developing those big guys inside. Bobby, thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate it. My pleasure, gentlemen. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, a lot of fun talking football with Bobby Carpenter, of course, former Ohio State linebacker, NFL linebacker as well. But if you're in the Columbus area, 97.1 FM, the, the, the fan, he's on the morning juice from 6 to 9 a.m. every day. So you'll get a lot of great draft talk with him heading up towards the draft. And we'll have some reaction to some of the things that he said, not only about changes in the NFL, but even some of the guys that he brought up where Greg Cosell sees those guys as prospects as well when we come back on this edition of Tapehead's Draft Season. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Bob Shoes and Greg Cosell as we continue with this edition of Tapehead's Draft Season. Fun talking to Bobby Carpenter. Greg, informational as well to get a little perspective of, of a guy who is right in the middle of Columbus doing morning radio every day. Obviously a former player as well. Calling games. You know he's watching the tape. And he provided some insight, I thought, especially with those two receivers that everyone knows are going to go in the first round. But, you know, we talked about Chris Olave on a previous episode, and he certainly has strengths. He is a very polished, professional, throw the ball near him, and he's going to make a catch NFL wide receiver. But there are some that think he might be the first wide receiver off the board. And I know that was something that you didn't think was probably going to happen when we talked about him earlier this season. What about what Bobby Carpenter had to say? Yeah, and I was... I'm, I- it's not a matter of being happy to hear that because I hope all these kids get drafted and make it, obviously. Sure. But I I, I spent a lot of time evaluating Alave. As I said, I, I looked at him in each of the last three years. There's no question he's a smooth, fluid route technician. I mean, that's what he is. There's just a, a smoothness to the way in which he moves. It looks effortless. But to me, he's an outside-the-numbers receiver. And I think that, and we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, I don't think there's really a physical dimension to his game. And I think that the ability to catch through contact, which is essential in the NFL, if you're going to be that alpha dog receiver, which clearly if someone drafts him in the top 12 or 15, they would think he'd be that guy. And, you know, one thing I thought was really fascinating in in studying Alave this year, Bob, he only was targeted 17 times on third down. And I thought that was really interesting because that I think that says something. Uh, it says about what 
Ohio State feels about him. We don't have to interpret that. They're telling you that he's not really a third down receiver for them. So when you compare him and Wilson and what you think Garrett Wilson can then become as an NFL player, right? Like a guy that might be able to run the complete route tree, take the top off of a defense, just maybe a combination of use of the entire field and more explosive that you, you probably think. And I think most would agree that that he is the more well thought of prospect and you should expect him to come off the board earlier than Olave. Yeah. And, and Wilson reminded me of a Stefan Diggs. You know, I think that Wilson is a guy that he's a very good route runner as well. I think he has much better run after catch ability than Olave. I think he's a much better catcher of contested balls, and that's become pretty critical in the NFL these days with the increase in man coverage. As we discussed earlier this week, there's a lot more man coverage in the NFL. So I think that that's really an important trait that Wilson has that Olave doesn't have as much. Plus, I think Wilson can line up both outside and in the slot. He has extensive experience lining up in both areas where I would see Olave, and maybe there'll be teams that are more expansive in their thought and want to do other things, but I would see Olave based on his tape as a player that is predominantly an outside receiver who works best where there's more space not more bodies. What about what uh, Bobby Carpenter had to say about Desmond Ritter as we switch to maybe taking a look at some of the Cincinnati guys that we know are going to get drafted high? Sauce Gardner, I mean, he might get drafted in the top three or four in this draft, right? And Bobby Carpenter said that he thought after talking to a couple of, of scouts that there's, you know, that maybe Sauce Gardner, when he tweeted earlier this week, I'm the best player in this draft, may not have been wrong. That might be the way that some NFL teams, you know, view him as well. But but Ritter, you know, there's a guy that I'm sure there could be some polarizing opinions on, a quarterback. And I think there will be because there's defined strengths, but also clear concerns when you watch him. You know, he does have that little bit of an elongated delivery. There's a lot of motion in his delivery, and that can negatively impact ball placement. He does have a tendency to drop his arm angle just a little bit, and that caused some easy throws to sell. So he missed too many layups at at Cincinnati, and you can't miss the layups in the NFL. And I think, too, there's a sense that he's just a little deliberate in everything he does. Now, every quarterback works with a private coach now, and all these things will be worked on, so perhaps they're better. You can certainly speed up a quarterback with his drop and his set. The delivery is a little more difficult to know if that can truly be cleaned up. It can be because it's a mechanic. You can clean up some mechanics, but you just don't know. But I like Ritter. I think because of the offense in which he played, because he's a four-year starter, and because of the fact that at his core, despite quality athleticism, at his core, he's a pocket quarterback. He does not look to leave the pocket. He looks to execute the offense and to be a ball distributor. And I think that's the starting point in Ritter's game. And I think he would work really effectively, Bob, in an offense that had a meaningful run game foundation and the play action pass game would then be an important part of it. And something we didn't get a chance to talk to with Bobby about, but I definitely want to bring up with you because we've talked at least around the edges of this a bit with regards to this quarterback class. But maybe what we've seen over the last three or four weeks tells us what the NFL thinks of this quarterback class when teams like Cleveland and like Denver are going out and basically mortgaging their entire future 
to bring in a quarterback they have to pay right now. So they don't even get the benefit of the quote-unquote rookie quarterback contract. And then even teams like Washington, Indy, like they're going out and they're paying for older quarterbacks as well. Maybe that's just a window inside what's going on in these draft rooms and these discussions where I'm sure they're sitting around that conference table going, look, there's nobody to draft. Like we, we may be able to get a picket. We might be able to get, you know, Malik Willis and those guys come in. They might be good. They might be a project. There might be a high ceiling, but this is not a quarterback class. Like maybe there was last year or a couple of years ago where, you know, Darnold and Josh Allen and, you know, Baker, all those guys were coming out where the teams that needed quarterbacks that had high draft choices were content to just use that high draft choice on a quarterback now. Now you've got teams that will be drafting in the middle of the first round where these quarterbacks are probably still going to be available. And even in that scenario, they're, I think, saying as an organization, look, we have to go out and pull the trigger on a big name right now, even if we have to pay him, because we just don't believe that special player at quarterback is in this draft. But it's funny you say that because then you think about teams that theoretically need a quarterback. So let's say you're Carolina at six. And right now, their starting quarterback is Sam Darnold, who you are very familiar with. Now, up to this point in his career, Sam Darnold has not shown that you could line him up and he can be a consistent player, snap after snap, week after week. He's not shown that. He's shown flashes here and there, just as he did with the Jets. He got off to that pretty good start early last season with the Carolina Panthers, and then it kind of fell apart a little bit. And that's been what his career has been. So here you're sitting there at six. You think you have a a better team through some things you've done than you have a year ago. So do you say to yourself, okay, Bob, um, we're going to go with Sam Darnold again, knowing full well that he's got a pretty defined track record right now through four years in the NFL that's not likely to change. So all of a sudden you say to yourself, okay, we're not certain about Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. We know what we like. We know what we view as potential flaws in their games. But we also know that we're not getting there with Sam Darnold. So I think that's what happens with a draft is teams end up drafting quarterbacks because if they don't really have one they're comfortable with, they know they can't really be a good team without one. Yep. And if there is one position that teams will absolutely reach for and overdraft more than any other, it is quarterback. Right now there are some rumors in New York, at least with the Jets sitting at four, as a team that you know definitively does not need and is not in the market for a quarterback, they just took a quarterback second last season, that would they trade down? Might there be some teams jumping up to try and get a quarterback in the top five that maybe they don't think will be available when they're picking later in the first round? Are there any of these quarterbacks you think as we get closer to the draft, whether it's Ritter, whether it's Pickett, whether it's the, the the incredibly high seemingly ceiling of Malik Willis, even if you're going to have to go through the growing pains of a player that isn't quite as polished, but you think could be a really special player when you get him to his ultimate level, are any of these guys you think going to start conversations among teams where teams would start to say, that's the guy to reach for, that's the guy we may trade up for? Yes. Because if, if you think that guy's better than what you have, absolutely. Yep. And and the Jets are in a very interesting position because when you're 
when you have your quarterback, and we know that Zach Wilson obviously had more downs than ups a year ago, but the talent level certainly exists in terms of his live, loose arm, his light athletic feet. I mean, there's no question Zach Wilson is a talented player who, for all intents and purposes, should become a quality quarterback and maybe even a really good quarterback. So when you have that guy, there can be some other areas of your team, Bob, that maybe are not quite as good because your quarterback can compensate and camouflage some of those potential flaws or weaknesses. So I'm not saying that Robert Sala and staff are, are consciously saying, well, let's be weak at this position because right. we know we have a quarterback, but you can't be great at every position. It just doesn't work that way. So if you have a quarterback he can certainly compensate for potential flaws. And the Jets probably feel that, hey, if we can get two or three extra picks for the fourth pick in the draft, let's go get those two or three extra picks instead of drafting a guy at four who may be an immediate starter, which is what certainly if you drafted four, that's what you would expect. But they just may feel, let's go get some more bodies. Let's get some more players. Because you know what? If Zach Wilson improves and progresses the way we expect, then we got that guy that can make everything good on any given Sunday. Yep. Well, it's fascinating, and we will continue as we get closer and closer to the draft. I think start to see and have it crystallize a bit what teams are thinking about these quarterbacks because it does seem as you get closer to the draft that the rumors yep. become a little bit closer to fact than way at the beginning of the process where, like, Thibodeau was supposed to be the no-brainer number one pick six months ago or a year ago, and now I don't think anybody in any mock draft is mocking him as the first player taken, right? So this does change. It is an evolutionary process, and the quarterbacks are always in the middle of all of that. And We obviously want to thank Bobby Carpenter, Ohio State linebacker, NFL linebacker, morning radio host in Columbus for joining us again. Hit us up on social media. Let us know about the players and positions that you want to hear about, and we're going to talk about a lot of those prospects as we continue moving you towards the draft. Bob Oshusen and Greg Cosell, we will be back on Tuesday when another edition drops of Tapehead's draft season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.